Okay, welcome to episode 48, I think I'm on. It's getting to quite a high number, and I do keep quite forgetting where I am. I'm fairly sure we're on episode 48, and I've got a familiar face, although you can't see his face. You know the voice. I've got Mr. Peter Berry with me. How are you, Peter? I'm fine, and good evening. Good evening, everyone. Good evening all to the world, the wide world of wargaming and this crazy hobby that we all uh, spend so much time with. Uh, for those of you that don't know, and come on, there can't be anybody that listens to this podcast that doesn't know who Peter Berry is, but uh, Peter is the owner, general, head boy, dog's body of Bacchus Miniatures, who um, I'm fairly convinced every listener of this show must have at least one strip of Bacchus figures. What do you think, Peter? Um, well, if you don't have a strip of Bacchus figures, they've probably got my photograph on a dartboard. <laughs> as, as, as I seem to um, excite strong emotions in some people at some stage. But I'm, I'm coming to the realisation, Peter, that that's a good thing. Because to be, to be a shrinking violet does you no good at all. So to get up on that soapbox and, and shout loud and proud about the joy of six, and that's a little hint as to what we'll talk about shortly, uh, will, as well as the, all the plaudits that will come your way, you'll get one or two people throwing the odd rotten tomato, I'm sure, but uh, we're, we're made of thick skins, aren't we, up in the north? Well, we are, but as, as, as Lindy, my, my fiancé at the moment, will tell you, I have no shame. That, that that status is soon to change, though, isn't it? Uh, yes, uh, two weeks after the Joy of Six, we get married. But, Crikey, uh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. There'll be a little announcement about that later on when we, we get into the meat of the thing. Like we have some, some nuptial-related news or whatever to pass on. <laughs> That'll be a first for the podcast. Indeed, yes. Discussion about nuptials. Yeah, well, very important things, nuptials. That they are. <laughs> so I'm told. I, I did read about them in a book once. Um, so, Peter, uh, we've got you back on. I think this might be your fourth appearance. Might be, might be fifth. I lose count, I'm sure, that you're, uh, <laughs> you're regulars, Luke. Oh, God, not him again. <laughs> but the reason, and I say this constantly, the reason I have guests on the podcast is for them to do all the talking and me to have the easy job of sitting back putting my arms behind my head and just listening. And if known for nothing else, Peter, you're known for being able to talk about this wonderful hobby. Yes, ad nauseum. I think, I think that's a fair comment, isn't it? Yeah, and I'd say I'd like to try and avoid repetition, but I probably don't. <laughs> uh, no, I think every time you've been on this show, uh, we've uh, talked about something new and interesting and new and exciting. So... The purpose of today, and there's been a bit of a Bacchus special, and indeed Joy of Six special, is to have a little bit of a catch-up as, as to where Bacchus is in 2022, uh, what's, what's been going on over the last five or six months, what new initiatives you've got, new figures out, uh, and then the second half, well, we will have a talk about the Joy of Six, which I think is an extra special show, um, and you've rightly pointed out already uh, before we recorded that all of them are special, and I can't disagree with that. But the fact that it will be the first live show for three years, I think, adds 
a smidgen extra of excitement on top. Well, I think it's more fear on our part because we've forgotten how to do it. <laughs> it's like riding a bike, Peter. Come on. <laughs> no, if I ride a bike, I can hit a tree or fall off. So. Uh, <laughs> Well, I think there'll be plenty of people around, including Lindy, the hardworking uh, Lindy, who will make sure that that doesn't happen. She she generally just points you in the right direction, doesn't she, at various times throughout the day? On on the day, yes. Um, I'm, I'm just yes. like a, a, a sort of uh, an inanimate object that's poached and, and shoved from corner to corner in a set order. And I have I have a timetable which allows me five minutes breather every three hours. Yeah. yeah, and that's it. I, I know this is a fact. I've seen it in action. Yeah, and if you see me at the end of the day with a sort of thousand-yard stare, you'll you'll know why. <laughs> just just don't know where I am. Uh, it's yeah. That that phrase was on the tip of my tongue actually. That thousand-yard stare because uh, I, th- I think that's a fair description of of where you and the rest of the yellow shirts are by the end of the day. But uh, we'll get we'll we'll leave talk of the jo- of Joy Six. Uh, for a little bit let's let's have a catch up as to where Bacchus is how Bacchus is doing um the new releases which there's been a, a bucket load over the last five or six months uh since we last spoke um and, and general new initiatives that you're, you're looking forward to that you're undertaking at the moment and what might be coming down the road um okay um do you want to ask a question or do you want me to start going I really, really, I, I'm, I'm sort of just winding that winder up on your <laughs> side there, Peter, and I'm going to let you go like a Duracell bunny. Okay. All right. I think the obvious thing in terms of new releases, and it, it can't really be ignored, is the fact that we've finally got into gear with what we've been aiming to do for a long time, and that's get the World War II releases coming out in a regular, steady yeah. stream. And I think to a very large extent, we've achieved that. Uh, yeah. There's been at least, I, th- I think it was something, we've averaged four vehicles a week since January uh, have been released. And we've still got loads more to come. Uh, the aim is to pretty well have completed our f- the first stage where we wanted to be, which was Northwest Europe, and have that done, certainly by Joe 6. Uh, which is pretty good, but it's, that puts us a year behind schedule. But again, like many people... Covid just just set all our timetables back enormously. Yeah, and I, I imagine even though you've maintained such a fantastic schedule, when you've got the the aim of having the first release or the first round of releases for Northwest Europe, people are, will be constantly badgering badgering you for Eastern Front Desert, oh, yeah. uh, Pacific, etc., etc. Yeah, well, it's the nature of the beast. Um, it's a truism, and ask any guy who's in this business. You can bust your gut getting a set of new releases out. You'll get them out for the show. You'll have them painted. You'll have got the stock moulded. You'll have got it on the shelves. You'll be sitting there proudly going, look what I've got. And somebody walks up and goes, they're nice. I'll buy some when you bring these out to go with them. <laughs> I always think that must be so soul-destroying <laughs> because I, I, I've most likely been guilty of this myself in the past. Uh, over the years, I've been involved in the hobby, but then I, I do sit back and think that really must rip your heart out because you've busted your backside to get these things produced, and there's been a, a swell of opinion and interest in it, and then 
the first comment you get is, oh, they're lovely, but what about yeah. such and such? Yeah, but the thing is, when I first started, that would probably have been the reaction. Uh, you know, yeah. I would just turn around and bang my head on the nearest wall. Now I just laugh at it. Um, if you if you can't look, step back and look at the humour in a situation like that, you're you're really very 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 sad. So, yeah, it's yeah, I'm now waiting for it. It is a cliche. So when it happens, you know, yes. that's one of the bingo card. You've got the stock response ready. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there isn't anything that's ever said to me now that can surprise me when I go to a war game show. That's a really interesting concept, the bingo card. Mm. I think I need to work on that and we'll come up with something. Oh, we'll I, do I, something I, about I, that. I could give you one from, from outside our stand. You could start off with, how do you paint anything so small? Yeah. How do you do the eyes on that? Paint them, I can't even see them. Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You full card in those. Yeah, you get a full house in no time, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, World War Two's coming on really well. You've got the Northwest Europe well underway. Yep. Um, and I think you're now tied, or you, you've got this link now with O Group. You're basing your, your oh, packs yeah. around the O Group organisations. Yeah, that's, that's worked very, very well. I mean, I've known Richard Clark for, for a long, long time. And when O Group came out, I was immediately interested. And I think I might have explained this on a podcast to somebody recently, um, looking at it, I could see how having little uh, battalion-sized units would enable us to build a lot of little building blocks that people could build larger forces uh, using these modules. And that seemed to be more, lo more logical than the top-down approach we'd taken originally when we came out with the Rangers. And since we've done that that's really given us a boost to start getting the stuff out because we've now got specific targets for specific vehicles for specific formations and uh, it's worked a treat um, and we've just released a whole load of british armored formations a couple of weeks ago and we've got one or two models in the pipeline the german uh, armored formations will be coming out quite shortly and we've already got the well pretty much the full american um uh transport uh, armoured and uh, AFV formations just ready to roll uh, with a couple of key models in place. So it's been really useful for us. And also our group seem to be a, a very popular set of rules. Yeah. Uh, but the nice thing about it is because the, four, the TOEs remain the same. They can be used in, in a variety of different settings in a different scale of operation. And different rule sets so it's, it's almost like a universal pack yes yeah, very very flexible very very good for us yeah if you if you're sticking to historical or bats or toes then um you can scale up or down or or stick to the it's i think it's basically battalion level isn't it the, that's right yes. group so you could easily go down to a company or go up to a brigade i guess just by uh changing uh how what you call the formation, but as long as you you've got that pack with the relevant um, uh, vehicles and units, etc., in there, then you can do what you want with it, really. Can't you? Yeah, you, you, the 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 ratio remains the same, but you, yes, you, sometimes yeah. you get different assets at different levels, or have different assets are taken yeah. away at different levels. So yeah, it's it's a very good flexible form of, form of packaging. And scalable—that's the word I was struggling to find. <laughs> yes, the, the pattern of sales reflects that. We see people buying the basic infantry companies and then a little bit later plugging the transport echelons in. 
and then buying their information and then getting another transportation lump, but perhaps a different one or the armoured formations for the German infantry to turn them into panzer grenadiers. It's it's quite obvious that people have sort of like twigged onto this. And the nice thing is, no matter what we do, we the little single coat packs comes in threes and fours. And you may not need threes and fours for the formation that you want to get. So you end up with spare vehicles. This way you get what you need. No more, no less. So again, I think people appreciate that. So yeah, it's, it's really good. So uh, on top of uh, releasing these sort of formation packs, have you, have you got a sort of two-player starter bundle that people can jump in with if they're interested? Well, of course, we wouldn't be. <laughs> we wouldn't be back us if we didn't do something like that. Yeah, we've got... It was um, a loaded question. It was yeah, a loaded question. Yeah, of course question. it was. Nice <laughs> easy lob, thank you. I'll hit that for six. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've we got a box set, so it's it's usual thing. Rules, bases, figures, uh, some buildings. So it's all you need to start. And uh, yeah, those have proved very popular. As always, the box sets are always really, really good sellers because, again, people appreciate the all in one nature of it. And we've also recently started doing what we call matched pairs. And this goes across the board, right across all our ranges, uh, where you can buy a historically matched opponents, say, Republican Romans and Carthaginians, uh, Napoleonic, British, Napoleonic, French for the peninsula. And in this case, you know, a, a German infantry company and a British infantry company together without any of the extra bits you get in the box set. But again, at a, a, a better price than buying them individually. And that's, uh, that's again, has been very popular. So we, we, we're trying to make it easier for people, not harder. I think that's a key. I, I always think that those sorts of things, particularly those sorts of things, are great when you've got a couple of blokes who've, who've gone to a show looking for a new project and they think, yeah, that, that's what we could do and we'll split it. They're getting their half of the army uh, or half of the deal a little bit cheaper than normal and they can walk walk away and, and get painting and playing pretty much straight away, can't they? They can, yeah. I mean, the, the great thing, or one of the many great things about uh, doing it in six mil, the smaller scale, is that it makes a starter set affordable and credible. Um, there is a certain very large company who shall remain nameless who have just released a starter set with a sort of like small scale uh, Napoleonic and it costs five times the price of one of our starter sets. Yeah. Uh, if you want to do something similar in 28 mil, even in 15 or 20 mil, you, again, you're, you're increasing the cost to get an equivalent size army by two, three, four times easily. Yes. Or you have to bring it down to... Well, the starter set is just for skirmish where you've got 15 figures aside. And again, you look at an equivalent price. So six yeah. hits that sweet spot for having a reasonable price, but at the same time giving you a really good meaty product. Yeah, and it's something you can build on, isn't it? I know that um, there's uh, you've spoken to Andy and Tom. I need to say hello to Andy and Tom from the Hobby Sport Group podcast. Uh, I'm a big fan of theirs, and I know you've you've spoken to them about it. But they constantly talk about uh, how they've built up their Napoleonic uh, collections and just added little bits and pieces onto it uh, as they've gone. And these are two guys who've done little uh, historical gaming previously, but now heavily into historical gaming. And the fact they can come to you, I think, and he's just painted up his uh, Prussians uh, for 1815, uh, and He's bought the army pack, and that's 
it's an army. You aren't talking about a couple of brigades. You're talking about a division plus uh, that he's able to feel through uh, one army pack. So the, the, I, I imagine, I've always imagined that they've gone down very well, and by the sounds of it, they have. Yeah, well, we've done the this this idea of a modular plugging, which I mentioned about the the Second World War stuff. Yeah, we've always had that. the The booster packs that we do are basically designed to be the building blocks of your army. So you want to expand your Napoleonic Prussian army, um, you buy 12 battalions at once. Bang, you know, you've got yourself, depending on the scale of playing, uh, three brigades or, you know, a division, as you say. Yeah. Uh, and it's all there because you need lots of infantry in any Napoleonic army, lots of it. And that's the way of getting it, getting it cheaply. Yeah. Uh, and get it conveniently. And, yeah, it's, they've always been popular like that. Yeah. So the World War Two side is really cracking along. Um, I, I've seen a little bit of Eastern Front, haven't I, that you've teased, I think. <laughs> yeah. We've got, we've got a lot of the Soviets already done. Yeah. An, an awful lot of it. Um, we basically now just sorting out uh, the, the soft skins, really. Yeah. Uh, we've... There's loads of Lend Lease stuff which is already catered for in the stuff we've already done. Yes. Um, there's lots of artillery, and some of those artillery pieces are magnificent. They are. I can imagine. Absolutely beautiful models, but yeah, I mean, the original. There's some beasts of some artillery pieces in there. But yeah, I mean, yeah. that's pretty well primed and ready to go. Uh, and once we get the, the Americans done to complete Northwest Europe, that the Soviets will follow in very short order. And we're hoping to release those pretty much as a job lot. Uh, and another development on this side, which I'm hoping you'll see released uh, maybe later this week, is the first of our aircraft. It's now coming off the production line. Oh, wow. Okay. Which we have promised for a long time. But again, like everything else, yes. COVID just stepped, knocked us back so far that we, we've been playing catch-up. But yes, they they uh, it's something I've said we'll do. I promise we'll do, and uh, it's belatedly beginning to to come to fruit. Well, I can remember you talking about this at a seminar at the last live Joy of Six, and there being oohs and ahs around the room as uh, you said that uh, you'd be going aerial, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure that's going to go down really well. Yeah, well, we know exactly what we've got. We've got a list of uh, models we want to produce. It's not going to be vast. Um, because of what we do, we're just looking at stuff which is ground support, really, and a few fighters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, the the guy who does a lot of the model making for us, Andrew, sort of like trying to get me to do a mosquito. I'm going, well, I'd love to, but really, do we really need one? Um, <laughs> when has need ever come into it, Peter? Yeah, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just keep on hearing the theme tune from 633 Squadron whistling through my ears. Yeah, it's been lovely. <laughs> then know, common sense hits me, you know. <laughs> Yeah, don't let common sense come in the way of a good business decision, Peter. That's what I've always been told. Uh, I, I could be honest, what exercises more is how the hell I'm going to actually produce a horse. <laughs> yes, well, I'm sure there'll be demands for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, they're huge things, aren't they? Um, so... World War Two uh, coming along really well. I know that another friend of this show is very happy with another new release or um, a remodeling or resculpting of an older range that's been out. Well, and how a great North Worcester. 
Well, there you go. That's the one for Pear. <laughs> Thank yes, you, Pear. Yeah. Pear spoke to me a couple of weeks ago and he was talking to me about his game at Joy of Six. And I think he's um, he's got a substantial order in already, hasn't he, for some of the new Great North War stuff. Well, you've, got, you've got to love Pear. Hi, Pear. I'm sure you're listening to this. Um, yes. He came over and said, uh, yeah, I, I know you're remodelling the figures, but I've got loads. I don't need any more, so I won't be buying any more. That's fair enough. <laughs> And I knew that his will would crumble, and <laughs> uh, he's decided he's going to do Narva. So if he does Narva, he's going to need different figures because a uniform change between uh, 1700 and the later battles in 1706. So he's going to need the early war Russians, which I'm doing, um, and then he's going to need some early war Swedes, which are, again, completely different. You've got no chance, Per. I knew that the moment you said that. <laughs> I think I think deep down, Pear knew that as well. Really, yeah, yeah I think he resigned. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. So, um, so tell tell us what's come out, what's different uh, in in the Great North War range from uh, the old well, uh, the, the old is, range. The, the big thing is 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 quality. I mean, the old range wasn't bad, but it was one of the very first ranges I sculpted, and you know, not only did I get better over time, but we we found sculptors who could get better and do better than I have done. So uh, we, we brought it up to modern standards. Um, those are pretty good. Those are very, very good. Uh, but I also wanted to introduce a bit more dynamism into the range. The the Swedish army period was renowned for its very aggressive tactics. So I wanted to do charging figures, which we hadn't done before. Our figures were pretty static. So we offer uh, now a range of infantry, all our infantry types are basically charging health leather at the enemy. And you, you have the option to do bases like that. Uh, the cavalry look like even more aggressive than the originals did. They're, they've come out very nicely. And we've also added things we didn't have in the original range. For example, you know, cavalry wearing a carpus, the, the woolly hat, rather than the, the more usual tricon hat. Uh, an awful lot of Swedish units wore them. Uh, it's much much more sensible in cold weather to have something like that. Yes. Uh, we've completely re-sculpted all the generals, and again, this has been a, a long-standing interest of mine. This, this army, so uh, we did some Swedish generals. We went back to the portraits, and we got some some copies done from those. And of course, our very own Charles the Twelfth. So it's uh, it's 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 a project close to my heart. This it's always been a, a an army, which uh, I've particularly was taken interest in. Was it Charles the Twelfth who was injured just before Poltava? Yes, be yes, he was. He was shot in the foot, which meant that he he yeah, he basically made a bad situation for the Swedes even worse. I think that's how it is. Had he had he, had he been fit, I doubt. Given the circumstances, he could have actually extracted a victory from what happened. But it, it, uh, yes, he went the ridiculous concept of him being. Sort of like dragged around the battlefield in a litter carried by 12 grenadiers. Um, yeah, very, very strange, the whole thing. Uh, but I'm not going to model that. I have been asked, but we're not going to make a model of Charles XII at Poltava. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. Uh, so we've, we've done him a more familiar pose on his horse waving his hat. Uh, Where he's far more useful. Yes, yeah, and far more typical of the bow. So yeah, we've, we've done all of those. Um, now, we started work on the Russians. And uh, the first few codes of those have, have come along, and then pretty much released those. Um, 
we discovered that the 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 second attempt to reform the um, the Tsarist Empire uh, was happening for real. Uh, so I thought releasing more Great North War Russians, even the nice ones we've got sculpted, is probably not the best idea at the moment. Uh, so the we're, we're putting those just about burn up. This, we've got enough to make armies, uh, so I'm not worried about that. It was all the fancy bits we we're going to do. We'll do those in the fullness of time. Um, but we've got some absolutely outstanding resculpts of our Great North War poles coming down the line next. And again, uh, a, a very old range, quite competent figures they are, but you know, looking a bit dated by modern standards. Um, uh, we have got some absolutely brilliant, brilliant new uh, castings to bring out. Uh, I've got the, seen the greens, and I can't wait to get some of the metal ones so I can get them painted. They're, they're, they're crying, paint me. Well, it's, it's funny you should say that, because I'm, the second half of this year is going to be my blending project, which has been on the back burner for a while now. But uh, So I'll be dipping into that sort of era, but seeing the, the new Swedes on their own has made me think... I really need to break my duck and, and look at the Great North War, particularly having spoken to Pear on numerous occasions and yourself about the period and uh, seeing how interesting and influential and Im impactful it was for the course of European history, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And there the, the can't be any more appropriate time to get in, into it and, and look at it with the, the re-sculpting that you, you've come up with and even if it was only a smallish project Peter you know you know those small projects that form in people's minds mm. that stay small and never grow any any further no I don't know about them they tend to grow a life of their own don't they but um, yeah see even though my, I'm trying to be disciplined and focus on the Pony Wars and Blenheim. Um, there's a scenario for Fraustadt in uh, the Twilight of the Sun King rulebook. Okay, Sean, I've said this to you before in public. You're a wargamer. <laughs> you will collect things. It's going to happen. Don't fight it. It is your nature. You, you can hear me trying to justify it, can't you? And just in the very tone of my voice. You do not need to justify it. Project. Just accept it and live with it. Many wargames, <laughs> they're now at peace with themselves. Exactly, exactly. I haven't reached that Zen state yet, but I'm working on it. I'll get there. I'll get there at some point. <laughs> so that sounds, that sounds really exciting then. So the, the polls, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing those when they come out. The Russians are ready uh, as and when uh, it's deemed appropriate to get them out there. Yeah, uh, so I think half the equipment's been nicked through um, them selling it off uh, through a bit of corruption and the fact that most of the uniforms are in a supply train 400 miles away. So when all that catches up, I'm sure we'll actually release the, the proper figures. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'll look forward to that. So, um, just speaking of Pony Wars, Pony Wars kind of complete? Yes, Pony Wars is complete. Uh, I do have a couple of bits and pieces I'd, I'd like to add, um, but we, anything would be icing on the cake. The actual figures, the models, everything you need for Pony Wars is now available. Uh, so, it's it's a nice thing for, for me. It's a close project because you only need to get this number of figures, that number of figures of this type done, and it's, it's been done. And again, I'm 
very pleased with the results. The the the, the figures themselves are lovely, and I've had some wonderful feedback from them. Love, love, lovely sentiments. I, I think you're, I think you're under I think you're underselling it with the word lovely. They are stunning, Peter. I've got uh, several bags to my right hand side, including some uh, painted samples uh, that I'm just. Uh, plying away on and they are absolutely they almost paint themselves i was i was a little bit nervous of painting the uh the uh sue uh figures but they actually paint really and listen i know i'm talking to the converted here and most likely the audience of this will be uh, the converted as well but they almost paint themselves you really it's no effort at all to get them done yeah, yeah, it's it's the we, over the years we've got a, a, a system of making the models and then I've had the design effectively. I work very very closely with the sculptors, and it's it's all how that raised detail and what's emphasised. So you know, a, a quick wash, a quick dry brush, and suddenly it's there. A few dabs, then and it, and it comes out, and it sounds as it is as easy as it sounds once you get your iron. And yeah, that that this that raised detail. Uh, that just enhances it all. Yeah, and, and we've got guys who are just so skilled at producing the models you want. I, I think, that, well, clearly there is an art as well as a science in, in deciding which bits to emphasise with that raised detail and which not. And it, it really, for me, um, I've painted many, many thousands of your figures over the years, Peter, but these have almost reached that pinnacle of... Uh, I don't know if perfection's the right word. That might I don't know. It's very it's about as close to perfection I think as you can get. Now I might sound like I'm blowing smoke where the sun doesn't shine, but believe me, the from somebody who's painted many many thousands of six mil figures, not just Bacchus, across every manufacturer of six mil figures, these are about as close I think you can get to perfection in in six mil and they are absolutely and and do you know what they're an absolute joy to sit and paint as well. Mm, I mean they I, are love, I love painting joy. mine. Absolutely. Yeah. But again I cannot take the credit. All I've got is the work of an exceedingly talented sculptor who is basically at the top of his game and who knows how to sculpt for for what I want the end results. So kudos there to the sculptor. Um, well done, Martin. Uh, you know you deserve every bit of praise, praise you get for that. Um, John Wayne appears three times in that range. Um, if you know which ones you're looking for, it is John Wayne. Just the way he's posed, he's got the set of the shoulders that just just the sway of the figure, the swagger is absolutely amazing. So yeah. Has it taken you by surprise how well the Pony Wars range has done? Yes, yeah, it is. As, as everybody's sure aware, it's a very personal project. It's something I wanted to do, and um, you know, if, if nobody had bought any of the Pony Wars figures, I would have my set. Uh, and yeah, the not only the popularity, which has been very good, but the the feedback people have enjoyed it. They wanted the set. They, they can remember playing the game or being told about the game. And it's just the, and I'll use it, the joy that people seem to have taken from from doing this. It's not been like a normal war game project. It's been something else that people want to do for the sheer hell of it. And and it's it's lovely. It's just just the the, the feedback. 
has been amazing. Uh, and I'm, it's taken me back, it's taken me back. I need to pull you up on one thing, Peter. Um, when we, I think we had a, an episode dedicated to Pony Wars, didn't we? Back when the rule book was being first being uh, published and designed and uh, and written, etc. And you were talking about uh, the the figures that were coming along with it, and you said back then, and it's on record, you said back then, you won't be producing a box set with everything in it because it'll be too much. And I'm looking on your website now, and there's a box set called The Whole Darn Shebang with everything in it. You said you'd never do that. Well, technically speaking, it's not a box set. Oh, right. It's a, it's a collection okay. of modules. Ah, okay. Okay. You, you should be a politician, Peter, to wriggle out of that one. <laughs> Oh, the problem is, I, I have to try and answer a question properly. Okay. No. It, it, yeah. I, smi I, I smiled when that went up, Peter. I have to say. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I felt I had to do it um, because yes. people were actually buying the whole darn shebang. It was obvious that's what people thought, well, God, let's just put it all together. And uh, yeah, again, I, said, I sold two of those. Two of those were sold within couple of hours of me putting it up. In fact, one of them was sold before it actually announced that it was going out. And, and, and again, I, that sort of thing is, it just, just takes me, I, I, I don't think there's anybody mad enough to want to do it, really. So, perhaps of W has done so. Uh, well, I think, and I think we've spoken about this before, but this, above most things, is a great club project, isn't it? Yes. Um, it's great for a group of guys, four, five, six, however many from a club to say, uh, what do we want to do for this year? Uh, and everything is there for them. Um, and you can you can parcel out the bits and pieces and everyone can get painting and, and get that. I imagine you can get that on the table fairly quickly. There's a hell of a lot of figures to paint. But um, if there's four or five of you sat down and, and you've break it down into bite-sized chunks. Even 600 mounted Lakota Sioux could be done in relatively short space of time. Well, that's how the original was done. The original was done with the four of us, basically, sitting down. We, we parceled out some people. We all got a couple of troops of cavalry to paint. We all got Indians to paint. So then we all brought them back to, to Ian's house and all the Indians were mixed together and then based. Um, so all the basing was consistent right across, but yeah, it was a basically four guys club project. As we were then, we put it together, and it works best that way. And then you start playing, and you just have fun. It's just such a fun game. Every game's different. Everybody enjoys it. Well, I think I think you can have be no better evidence of that than at Hammerhead this year. Oh where yes, the original setup was uh, put put out and put on display and that table was pretty crowded all day long wasn't it? It, it was wonderful there was one point um, sadly I couldn't do much because I, I was quite busy on the stand to say the least but I looked I looked up and we've got this game this 40 year old veteran brings tears to my eyes just thinking about this absolutely packed heaving and around it there were half a dozen tables with you know some of these state of the art you know, uh, 
uh, modern games, modern game standards, uh, standards presentation, abandoned. <laughs> People had seen the light, Peter. Uh, this, this thing, this thing, I think, um, from the moment it was first touted, uh, probably at that last Joy 6, I think, you, you, there was talk of it, wasn't there? Yeah. Uh, that you were going to do it. And I know it's a se- you've always said it's a separate thing to Bacchus, certainly the rule book anyway. Um, but it seemed to have gained momentum and uh, uh, like a, a, a snowball rolling down a hill, it's just turned into this avalanche. And I know that you, you've got uh, casters working for you that are fed up to the back teeth of seen yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 600 mounted Indians. Uh, yes. What one cast? I, I'm not casting another Indian. Not this week. Not now. Not now. <laughs> Let me cast Samurai. Samurai just the Indians. But it's, I think you've you've alluded to this, but it's it's one of those projects that is contained, isn't it? This this is a game that's contained. You know how many Indians, you know how many U.S. troops you need, how many settlers, how many buildings. You know what the table's going to look like. Mm-hmm. It's it is a self-contained game, isn't it? And I think yeah. that is one of the beauties of it. Which is for us because it, when you do historicals, it's open-ended. You know, do I put this one in? Do I do I leave that? Do we really need to do the mounted horse grenadiers with this? And, and there's always that thought process going on. Do I need to add a couple of extra bits and pieces? With Pony Wars, it, it was relatively straightforward. You need six troops of cavalry. Each troop of cavalry is 20 figures strong. Within that 20 figures, you're going to need a guide on, you need a trumpeter, and then you're going to need X number of officers, NCOs. It, it was all structured there. So it was it was relatively, in fact, relatively absolutely easy for me to put things together on that, to know what figures needed sculpting and how those packs were going to go together. So that, for me, that, that was easy. And, uh, I wish everything was as simple as that. And that uh, the, the only thing that really worries me is a number of people, there's not been many, but there's people who have been saying, um, I'd love to buy some of your uh, US cavalry, but they don't look very accurate. So, <laughs> which, which, which particular tribe are your, are your Indians? Have you sent them back to the source material, Peter? Yeah, I I refer them back to source material. Um, Yeah, the John Ford trilogy, basically. And it it, it is quite funny that they haven't actually got why we've done it and how it's been done. But yeah, I think I think most people get the joke. Yeah, I I think I think so. I think in all the all the discussions I've had uh, on the various interest groups and social medias, I've had one one friend say to me. Uh, well, they're not that accurate, are they? <laughs> I'm not sure they wore yellow neckerchiefs. Uh, yeah. I did, and I did refer them back to the original source material of. Yeah. Uh, of yeah. um, she wore a yellow ribbon. Was it Fort Apache and Rio? Rio Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. The, uh, the I, I get them. I get that mixed with Rio Grande, Grande, yeah. but uh, the, uh, let's go the, back the, to the Hollywood. Interesting one. Um, when I did the publicity video uh, for. The pre-release, uh, which I'm sure you, you've seen, and again I took the original setup and I, and I did a little video run by on that, and of course it's the original ready brown colour, which is what we did it in. And the guy says, "Well, guy emailed me, went, you know, you, you've got that entirely wrong. The planes was a photo of the grass, and it should be all green." 
I know that the exact quote was, but I'm referring you back to the source material for this. Take a look at Monument Valley. Yeah. Where it was all filmed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm really, really pleased to see Pony Wars. Uh, doing so well. I'm really looking forward to being able to put this on at my club uh, probably towards the end of this year or early next year. So uh, that's that, that and Blenheim are my, my two projects now for the rest of this year, my big projects anyway. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Well, I'm hoping, so, um, hoping to get a game at this year's Joe 6, which I'm sure will come to yeah. later. Um, we, yeah. are, we have definitely got a US Cavalry game, but it's not Pony Wars. But again, we'll, we'll come to that one later, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. So, uh, release-wise or other exciting things coming out of Bacchus? I know we've uh, been treated to a couple of videos. Uh, well, yeah, the videos are a separate thing. I mean, do, do you want me to talk about those now? Or... Um, yeah, I, it's, it's been a long, long-standing aim of mine is to get more video material out online and you know, begin to utilise YouTube. And to this end, I've had a, a little video channel. I've released a few revolving uh, shots, you know, the units going round and round, just as to test the water, really. But haven't really engaged with it seriously until a couple of months ago. Uh, and what I've decided to start doing is releasing some very short format uh, showcase videos highlighting uh, one of our rangers at any particular time giving a very superficial historical background to it, and then just some unit shots. So I'm able to present figures in the round, which are not so moving. You can't do that on the website. Uh, and then a little bit about the figures themselves and what they represent. And then follow that up with a very, very quick uh, description of how they're painted. Uh, again, nothing in depth. The idea is that these are all tasters rather than uh, the, the full deal and they're aimed at how can I put it not so much the six mil converts because I think most people will understand most of what we're talking about there but they're aimed at perhaps who do you call them the six mil curious or uh, the I've whenever I've been selling toy soldiers my six mil toy soldiers any six mil at all right from the start I've always thought that trying to cannibalize the existing six mil market for sales is, is counterproductive. Um, if you've only got one size pie and you're trying to take bigger lumps out of it, it's a finite amount of lumps you can take. What you've got to, got to group do is make the pie bigger. And I still think that's the case. I think we, I certainly work in what I still regard as a massively uh, misunderstood, misrepresented area of wargaming. And so the, the idea of the, the videos is to try and present what we do to a new audience and let them have a better view. So to that end, while I'm doing these little showcase videos, and obviously they're promoting backers products because, hey, why the hell shouldn't I? Um, but there is a, there is a wider uh, aim to try and present six mil to the wargaming market who perhaps might not be as au fait with it as you and I. So they interspersed with the smaller, shorter videos, there's going to be some longer format ones and uh, along the lines of six mil for dummies. So taking 
a, a good amount of time to explain the pros, you know, the how you can use 6mm because they give you flexibility, because you give you better bang for your books, all the arguments that you and I know have been well rehearsed over years, but examining them, presenting them in a hopefully a, an entertaining and, and reasonably uh, humorous way. Uh, doing it without denigrating any other way that people will give. Uh, something I get accused of quite a bit, quite I think unfairly, is uh, I, I take a point of comparison and rather than be negative about something, I'm more positive about what we do in relation to. Uh, but we'll see how that comes across. And, uh, that's important. That's an important, isn't it? Because I think if if you took any other approach, you would risk alienation. Well, I, th I think the problem is over the years I've been fairly strident uh, in my defence of the wee chaps, and to, to I think to to a reasonable number of people as well. I've have seen this is it, it's taken as, as bashing something else. I am not as uh, as one gentleman would put it, the the six mil twenty eight mil antichrist. <laughs> I love that. I'm having a t-shirt with that made. That, that yeah, is a, you should. Yeah. You should. Um, it's the fact that uh, as a point of comparison and strengths and weaknesses, it's useful to have something to compare against. Uh, and that's all it is. Uh, because, again, this is something I notice on my stand. There is a path into this hobby, which goes Games Workshop. They go through that. Then they head into the easy route into historical wargaming from Games Workshop is, of course, Warlord. Ex-Workshop staff, they, they basically hold a historical product to wean people into historical gaming from workshop. That's fine. Um, well, actually, as near as 40k like, you know, then they can go straight into that. But they've come in with the Games Workshop brainwashing of 28mm is all there is, all there ever will be, all there can be. And then they're exposed to this wider market. And they can understand 15, ooh, just about cope with 20mm. And then they see the little guys, and immediately that just completely blows any concept of wargaming that they know about out of the water. And this is where you get the, I can't pick things are small, they're too small, I can't see them. So it's trying to explain not only a little bit about little guys, but why they're good. And take some of the fear and some of the misinformation and misunderstanding about the scale out of the equation. So that's the plan. It's quite ambitious. Uh, but if somebody doesn't have a go, then all these myths are going to remain. And um, I think, well, obviously, uh, I, I work in a commercial environment. I would hope that would help my sales. But I would also hope, as with the Joy 6, it would help the scale or the app part of the hobby as a whole. Yeah. No, I, I, th I think it's a great initiative because uh, as much as this podcast can try and spread the word of how good 6mm is as a scale to wargaming and all the benefits of it. This is an audio medium that relies on people uh, downloading each episode and, and listening to the various guests that uh, I get on to talk about it. But in the visual medium, there is an awful lot out there. I know Little Wars TV have done great things to, to promote 6mm uh, gaming and the, 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 the uh, they've done a great job with that, but and there's one or two other channels out there. Matt Bradley is is one that's um, posted some great after action reports using six mil figures, but 
to be able to push across the visual aspect of it as you've done in these three videos so far where you've you've got the bit of a history you've got you talk about the actual range of figures and you show or, or advise on how best to paint them um that's that's a great place to point somebody towards to say well this is this is how easy these figures are to paint and this is how if if you need uh uh scott's a Scots Covenanter army, then you've got it in the English Civil War range there. So uh, it's it's a it's a point it's a point that people can be signposted towards, isn't it? To say this is what the range is about. The this is the scale. This is why we do it. I think that revolving image of that huge English Civil War unit that you've got on the uh, at the end of the English Civil War videos is incredible. Um, because I'm, I'm not quite sure how big that base is, but it's probably less, uh, it's got less frontage than the equivalent 28 mil unit would have. Uh, yeah, it's, um, a 20, it's, a, it's a 200 mil by 100 mil base. Okay, so a typical 28 mil unit will be 24, 240 millimeters wide. So you plonk that down in place of a 24 figure uh 28 mil unit and you're starting to look like that's is it the streeter map from naseby yeah well uh, that famous map yeah yeah i've actually got some uh, i've got you're three of these units. Towards it, aren't you? yeah i've got three of these units uh done now and uh, yeah you can actually put them out as uh that's three battalion in, in some sort of brigade formation and they, they do look really really nice i mean i'll get some photos out at some stage uh but yeah again they're they're demo pieces but they are war games units um uh, because basically they've got a base size which is two to one ratio which would work with uh, uh polymer civil war english civil war work with the, the twilight rules it worked with dbr well, sort of. Their, their, their system is a bit strange. But it will work with a set of rule rules that uses an area base. Yeah. Um, uh, for King and Parliament it, from Simon Miller? Oh, of course, yes, for King and Parliament. Yeah, they, yeah. they use the same base things uh, of definitions as Polymos, so absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it is a viable War Games unit, and I do want to get a game out with all those figures done. That's, that's a, a long-term project of mine, but one which I want to do. That would look incredible. Yeah, but it would it wouldn't take that long to do, and it wouldn't actually, if I was costing it out, cost that much. Uh, it would just uh, look absolutely awesome. Uh, it really would, because uh, the horse. Maybe, maybe we should think of a community project a bit. Uh, maybe we should think of a community project a bit like Pear's uh, community project that he, he ran. That that well, would be something, wouldn't it? To, I, I don't have the time to get everybody <laughs> to paint up a unit. Yeah, I really no, no, no. I'm sure you don't, but uh, there might be somebody out there who does. <laughs> anyway, any, yeah. any, anyway, uh, before we go down that rabbit hole, yes. <laughs> uh, is there anything else on the on the backers front you'd like to highlight or promote? Before um, we get onto I'd, the I'd love to say yes. Uh, let me just rummage through my brain cavity at the minute. Um, no, I think we're focusing pretty much now on. July. July's gonna be a very busy month. Yeah. Um, let's get the joystick. So, 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 what's happening on the third of July, twenty twenty-two, Peter? 
I think a few guys are going to get together um, for a cup of coffee and, and a, a nice salad, a nice salad bar, or whatever I'm having it. And salad bar? Yeah, there's a salad bar. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, who am I? Point, point me to the cake, will you? <laughs> when I <laughs> when we first met with the caterers for the Joy of Six, they said, what food do you want? And I said, it doesn't matter, provided it's pig-based. <laughs> Bacon or sausage this. sandwich, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. sausage sandwich, bacon, butty. You know, after yeah. that, you're, you're away. Wargamer yeah. is a very, very simple folk. Uh, I am, of course, joking. We have the return of the face-to-face, in-person, live version of uh, the Jury of Six, which I'm not sure how many there have been now, Peter. Um, I know we've been missing for three years, haven't we? I, I don't know. I, the thing is... I. I lose track of time. We, I think we were, I think we're probably about seven or eight. Uh, there might be a, a Bacchus Gaming Day, which is the original format we had, but it's something like that. I mean, the Bacchus Gaming Day, we had about three or four of those. Then it morphed into Joss five years ago, six years ago. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, we've been a few. It's come a long way, though, hasn't it? Oh gosh, yes. And those humble beginnings. Yes, yeah. I mean, it brings a tear to my eye. Uh, I can reminisce about how we struggled in the old days. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had conversation about this before, but it's a show that's effectively grown. The dynamics grown pretty much by itself. Uh, we've had more traders wanting to come along. We've had more people to put games, and we just had to accommodate them. I mean, the course of accommodating more people wanting to come and put games on. We've had more people coming to see the games and to go to the traders. And it's not something we necessarily set out to do. It's, it's just happened. Because uh, our marketing's rubbish. Um, uh, our, our advertising budget is zero. It, it's, it's something which the Sigma community has effectively taken to its heart and done by itself. And I said it many times, all we do is we just get a room and some tables and book people in and it's the, it's the traders the people put the games on the attendees who make the show what it is and god bless you all because you do a damn good job with it god bless you everyone yeah. I've, I've probably said this before as well peter i think you're doing yourself and, and lindy certainly a bit of a disservice there because um it, it isn't like you've literally just hired a hall and asked a few people to turn up. There's a bit more to it than that, isn't there, behind the scenes? Well, because it's a bit of organisation, but what you've actually just said is how we started. That is literally how the Backers Gaming Day started, which is what was the the genesis of of Jost. Um, It's not where it is now, though, Peter, is it? (laughs) No, no, it isn't. Um, We're taking on another room at the event, Uh, so we've, we've taken on more room. Uh, we've got more traders. A couple have dropped out. Uh, sadly, the guys from Poland, um, oh, oh, uh, wonderful guys, they're obviously the the the, the problems now are, are mounting. They can't turn up. Um, but uh, we've had eleven miniatures are not doing trade stands anymore, so they can't turn up. Uh, Timecast have had to drop out this year through that um, they've got some staffing issues. So we've lost three traders, but we've gained a regular, which I'm so pleased about. I mean, you know, 
granddaddy of, of, of six mil along with heroics. So I'm so glad they're turning up. I was going to bring that up actually, because just before we recorded, I had a quick look at, at where we are with traders and see a regular on there brought a smile to my face because who, who hasn't, who doesn't own a goat or a ladder or a bit of wicker fencing if, if nothing else yeah. from a regular. Yeah, no, it, 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 I've been asking Ian K along for quite a while, but they've been winding war game shows down rather than ramping them up. But uh, I think from what he said, his, his son is now taking a much greater interest in the business, and he's more he's he's more interested in doing shows. And of course, Joe Six is is one which is natural for them. So yeah, I'm I'm really really pleased to see them come along. And of course, we've got the new kids on the block, Two uh, D Six and Grumbler. Uh, so they're coming along for the first time. So yeah, it's 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 nice. It's it's a it's it's a an evolving, dynamic, vibrant scene, and I'm hoping that people are going to come along and respond to the fact that it is the first one for three years, and, and just just go there and enjoy the experience. It's it, it will be a special show for all that. Um, I mean, uh, the first. I don't know if you found this with Hammerhead. Hammerhead was a very special um, atmosphere there. But the but the show that really struck me as being the, the one that was very special was Partisan, the the twenty twenty one because that's the first show, big show that happened after the lockdown really was was out, and and that was amazing. The, the atmosphere you could have cut me the knife. It was just there. Not quite sure how 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 to go about things, but. It, it was it was something special, and I hope Joy of Six will be like that. I think people will appreciate it. I, th I think uh, if we go on anything from years gone past, and how the wargaming public have responded to the return of shows now in this not quite post-pandemic world, but in a world where we're out again and, and meeting, um, I, th I think it will just be. An, an incredibly special day um, and I, I really can't wait for it. Um, are you thinking of keeping the format pretty much as as per usual with the seminar in the morning and then a, a bit of a Q&A panel in the afternoon? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's boring. We're going back to the same format. Uh, I always like to try and stir things up a little bit, but I honestly haven't had a chance to to mess around with things this time around, uh, but yeah, we'll be we'll be doing the Sunday morning grill, uh, which is me standing up and having invective thrown at me, uh, to which I just try and evade actually saying anything concrete for an hour. <laughs> I, th I'll, I'll, I think this is becoming almost as infamous as your New Year treatise on on the next twelve months of where Bacchus is going. <laughs> I think people look forward to it almost as much. <laughs> Well, they all know it's a pack of lies. Yes, exactly. We know I mean, what we're getting, Peter, but we love it. I mean, you could enter it for a short story fiction competition. Um, yeah, but that, 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 that's fun. So people try and catch me out with as many hard questions as they can, and I just, just evade answering them. Uh, and then we have, yeah, the, the, now the panel session is, is, is always good. That, that's something that's grown over the years as well. The, the first one was, was sort of had a few people in the seats, the last one. You, there were people standing. Um, yeah, that, that 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 was really good. Um, and yeah, I think I've got a good panel lined up so far. Um, I don't know whether you're on it or not. You'll find out on the day, Sean. Um, well, 
Uh, Listen, people hear enough of my voice on this podcast. They don't need to hear me in person, I'm sure. But yeah, um, I've got yet another War Games magazine editor lined up, I think. Uh, But I'll confirm that when I get a confirmation. Um, And uh, I'm hoping, Greg, if you're listening to this, I'm hoping to get Greg Bagman uh, to come and sit on a panel in person because he did it live, virtual, last time. Uh, I'm hoping you're going to come along and spend an hour being grilled. And then I think I've got another volunteer, uh, but I can't say that until I can confirm it. Uh, so I th- we've got three panel members. That might be enough. Might go for four. We'll see. But that's always good. There's always some really good questions thrown there, and some uh, some quite thought provoking answers. Uh, so yeah, it's, we'll see that. And although we we filmed some of these in previous years, I've never actually done anything with them, uh, mainly because I haven't had a chance, or to be honest, the video editing skills to to do anything with them. This time round, I'm hoping to get them filmed and then to put them out on the Backus video channel. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, so those well, unfortunates not to be there on the day can enjoy it afterwards. Yeah, I, uh, I have been asked if we will do it virtually, you know, as we did the virtual Joy 6 last year. But as you remember, at the end of that session, you and I were completely wiped out. It was just just trying to, to run it through a couple of computers. Doing the real thing and trying to do a virtual one, I'm afraid it's just not going to fly. <laughs> I'm still recovering, Peter. <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was a the panic event. in the background. <laughs> no, it was a brilliant event. It went off it way, was, way better yeah. than I could have expected, but boy, was it hard yeah. work. It was, yeah, it was. But worth it. I, I think the feedback was... was Pretty pretty good, wasn't it? And, it was, yeah. And I enjoyed it in a sort of masochistic sort of way. Yes, yeah, me too, me too. Um, and uh, I think everybody who who, uh, who joined in enjoyed it, uh, whether they were the contributors or, or the um, the public who, uh, who who listened and asked the questions. So I think that was great. So uh, we've got the Sunday morning grill. We've got the uh, Q and A in the afternoon. Um, just looking at the list of games that are being put on, we've got some spectacular games coming, haven't we? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, we've got the usual suspects. Um, I mean, we've got uh, uh, Dad Hodgson, uh, and he's been he's going to be doing a, a, a Pony Wars game. It's not, not the Pony Wars per se. It's, it's uh, his rules, and he's going to be doing uh, a roughly historical uh uh, Custer, big, and, big, and big horn, horn yeah. scenario. Yeah. Uh, Hello, Dan. We haven't spoken in a while, but hi, Dan. Uh, and of course, we're going to be having Pear, without whom Joy Six would not be a Joy Six. And uh, he's uh, he's doing something different. He's he's, he's dropping the uh, Great North War for a year, and he's doing uh, the Battle of Lunt, which is from the oh how can you pronounce it? Sconian Sconian War. We know it's Scania because we're British. Yes. We're <laughs> I was just going to say, you say Scornian, I'll say Scanian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, which is a very fascinating, very interesting battle from, again, what I find is a very interesting period of history. Um, but very few people in the English speaking world seem to agree with me. Uh, so yeah, he'll be doing Swedes and Danes. And that will be a really interesting game. Uh, so yeah, we've got that. Um, 
Oh, come and help me. Give us some We've energy. got Robert Dunlop with Gallipoli. Yeah. He, oh, on three he, separate six by four tables. Yeah, I've seen this, the scenery for this. He's had three years to get this right, and that is going to be absolutely amazing. No pressure, he, Robert. No pressure. His, his games are always outstanding, but this is going to be an yes. absolutely brilliant one. I am so looking forward to seeing that. Thank you for inviting me. No, um, no, it's, it's one I've been looking forward to. I've spoken to Robert a couple of times. In fact, I'm speaking to him again very soon uh, about uh, a project that he's on. He's got on the go. But uh, the pictures he's posted, I think it was in the last few days, uh, he's posted up pictures of uh, the the mock-up of, of what he's intending to do. And it's three six-by-four tables, sort of not in line, but staggered uh, to cover this whole peninsula that... Uh, I can never pronounce the name of the battle that he's doing, but uh, uh, it, it's going to look spectacular. And one of the really great things about it, or impressive things about it, is the height he's going to have on the table of, uh, of these bluffs that uh, the uh, the British and Commonwealth uh, forces, or Anzac forces actually, uh, need to fight the way up uh, to get to the enemy. So that will be something really good. And it'd be very thing just put on in the past. Because he's put, he's put a lot of Western Front stuff on, and, and this is a completely different take. Uh, yeah, and I think the verticality of it is going to make it really, really special in, in the way that he's representing uh, the height of the table. Because he's, he's put on some huge tables, hasn't he, in the past? Sort of 20 foot plus uh, in, in a couple of cases. Um, so, yes, uh, uh, Robert's uh, game will as always, look incredibly spectacular. Another one, Peter, I'm really looking forward to uh, is Charles Roundtree's Injun River. Have you yes. seen pictures of this? Yeah, yeah. The, that is, again, just a beautiful-looking piece of scenery. Charles, uh, Charles is an incredible modeler. At the York Show, he'd taken uh, a participation game for the assault on Breakall Manor. Uh, which was uh, 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 shown in the Band of Brothers uh, series. Uh, but this was individual six mil figures storming uh, these these uh, guns uh, that the Germans were firing onto the beach with. And the, the intricacy of the modelling of this small table, which might have only been three foot by two foot, I think, but with uh, the the back gardens there and the the hedge lines and the the weapons pits, oh, it was just incredible. And the, the density, the density, sorry? Of, the density of detail within the small board was just mind blowing. It it, it 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 was all there, but it was beautifully miniaturized and put into this very very small compact area, and the impact it, it just hit you right between the eyes. So I can't wait to see his game in. The MG River get that should be again awesome. I was really disappointed actually because he invited me up to the playtest uh, of this uh, two or three weeks ago and work just got in the way. But I followed the development of, and, and the making of the board that he's, he's created for that, uh, and it, it does promise to be something else. I'll just give you this idea, Sean. I never get to see these games properly. You need to make an effort. You know those five-minute breathers that you get every three hours? You're not allowed them anymore, Peter. You need to get around and see these games. Yeah, I really do not get to see the games properly. Anyway, go on, what are you saying? 
Two, two other two other games that I'm really looking forward to seeing in the flesh because I've seen the development of them. And I'm, this isn't the exclusion of all the other great games that you've got listed. These are two that I've just got personally interesting because I've seen the development of them. Uh, the first is James Mitchell with his uh, sudden 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 death. Gosh, probably, yes, sudden death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, I know he's had that uh, produced and, and ready to go since. Uh, the pandemic, actually, since prior to the pandemic. Yes, yeah, that, I, that think, looks... I think it was behind us at um, Recon last year. Right, yes, but, it's had but, a run out, hasn't it? But... As I understand it, Silly Hats will be available. Oh, really? Okay, well, James, I'll look forward to donning one of those, but uh, I've, I'm in fairly regular contact with James, and I, I know that uh, he's really looking forward to putting that on. It is this game at the last Joyous Six, the Jacobite-sized, Jacobite-sized Culloden, yeah. yes, uh, was, was something to uh, see. It's a real spectacular. Uh, and then the other one is somebody I've spoken to today, um, Richard, uh, who's with the Cold War Commanders, putting on Denmark 1985. Now, have, have you seen the bridge that uh, Richard Phillips has built for this game? Mm-hmm. My goodness. <laughs> I think we're seeing it at Partizan in a couple of weeks. Uh, but he, I know he's bringing it up to the Jury of Six, and this is an incredible <laughs> effort. It's, it's a, I think it's a rail bridge, but good grief. It's, uh, uh, if you did it in 28mm, it would probably go from one end of the... Callum Hall, uh, not Callum Hall, sorry, uh, oh. the new Showground Hall to the other. It's an incredible piece of, of work uh, from Richard, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing that as well. Things you're you're beginning to highlight something which I find uh, again this, this sounds mm, I quite I find quite humbling, uh, and I, I, I'm very sincere about that. Is the amount of effort that people put in to produce games for the show and and they do produce them for joss if, if they go out any earlier they'll say well this is just a dress rehearsal and it's as if they suddenly they feel like they've got the place to show what they can do to, to real strut the stuff and to go back to an earlier point i've always seen joy six has not been a closed little ghetto for our six mil community i think this is a, t- a place where we can show what we can do to the rest of this hobby and what we should be doing is dragging, kicking and screaming all the guys who wouldn't normally look at a game we do along to see what we do. Um, th- that's the message I would say. If you bring along a bring along a skeptic with you, and just let them walk around those games and say they're not impressed and they're not at all slightly interested, and they won't be. They 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 will come along and they'll be carried along like the rest of us. I think. I think it's widely accepted in the hobby that the certainly the two partisan shows hammerhead less so because it's it's a participation focus but there's some equally nice games shown at hammerhead but partisan the two partisan shows are seen as the pinnacle of the hobby but in the 28 mil sense in that um you get all the war games glitterati that we've seen over the years in the magazines and um public with published rule sets or whatever uh, it's seen as the pinnacle of modelling in that people will use Partizan as the focus of their hobby for the 12 months and they'll put on these huge 28mm games which is great but it's very difficult and this is no criticism of the organisers or anybody else but it's very difficult I think for um, the smaller scales to sort of 
get the attention that they deserve. Now, I know Salute uh, in November was perhaps a different case in point when Pear won the best uh, game at the show with his Poltava game, and, and that was great. But Partizan is almost seen as this pinnacle showcase of the hobby, where the Perry Twins or the likes of Simon Miller with his huge to the strongest games or some of the, the more well-known clubs that will put on these, uh, the dearly departed Ian Smith, I was speaking to Sean Bryant, uh, ex of First Corps, and it's just yesterday, and Ian Smith was well-known for putting on some absolutely huge games, and in figure scale, 40 mil, uh, uh, let alone from all the scenery that he built. And I know that there's a game going to be on at Partizan in a couple of weeks, which is the one he was working on and will be a bit of a tribute to him. But um, it's seen as the pinnacle for that showcase magazine photograph type of, of game um, where traditionally the, those interested in the smaller scales have struggled to get a foothold. I know that Richard Phillips is at Partizan with the Denmark 1985 game and that'll be the, the, uh, a small run out using this huge bridge. But Joy of Six for me fills that spot for the smaller scale to say, take a look at these games. Each one of these has got just as much dedication and skill and application and enthusiasm and all the, the rest of those words that you would you'd put towards the people that produce these games as any of those showcase games that you will see at the Partizan. And each one of these, and I know we've only talked about half a dozen, but a quick count down the list, we're looking at about 20 so far, and I'm sure there's a couple more to add. Each one of these is a showcase game for the smaller scale. Well, I, I'd agree entirely. Um, it, it's long been uh, a theory of mine that, that Sixman will never get a, a, a fair crack of the whip at the larger show because, uh, well, case in point of partisan because people who go to that show aren't there to look at anything else but the big ones and, and yeah. that isn't again a criticism it's just that's what they're interested in uh i mean i got invited to do a trade stand there many many years ago and i think the organizers only invited me because he knew it might annoy some people um <laughs> these are very small 28 mil figures no <laughs> Um, <laughs> just standing a very long way from them that's what it yeah was. exactly yeah. Uh, but uh, they what but they ought to i mean i would love these games that come to joe six and only come to joe six to actually go out en masse to other more conventional mixed economy shows around the place and the more that they turn up the more that they chip away uh the levels of Ignorance. I want to say ignorance, ignorance not as an insult, but as a description of people's state of knowledge for the smaller games. And, and try and dispel the myths and try and go at it. It's harder work because the great thing about Joy Six is nobody asks you the damn fool questions. No. <laughs> um, it's it's a it's a um, it, when I'm going to say echo chamber. And again, I don't mean that in a in a uh, derogatory sense. But it's, it's people who are already converted in the main. But I'm sure there are the six mil curious people who think, oh, I'll go and have a look and see what it's all about. And I would hope those people who are six mil curious will go along and see some of these games and think, goodness me, 
I didn't realise people were putting as much effort and 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 creating these spectacular games. Uh, just just looking down the list quickly, we've got Mad Gamers who always put on a very good game, haven't they? Great bunch of lads. Yeah. We've Great got Tim Khan there with Gettysburg, and then the easy. Yeah, they've got. Uh, there's a Gettysburg game that's going to be lovely. You've got Mark Backhouse with the uh, two mil stuff that he's been yeah, doing. That's fascinating. Yeah, um, Mark has uh, Mark has agreed. It's, in, it's incredible what he's done. I mean, he's just Mark is he's still with me, Sean? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I lost um, you a little. I lost you for about three seconds there. Okay, let's go. Mark, Mark Plank, just two seconds. Okay, go for it. Go for it. Okay, uh, Mark very tentatively applied for. Uh, a game slot at uh, Joy of Six, saying, I want to do this in two mil. Um, is this allowed? And I went, mm, oh, well, yeah. Mark, Mark's a great guy. Um, yeah. And we sort of had a little dance around each other on this, and he said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll do it in two, but I'll also do it in six as well. <laughs> so so we reached a friendly compromise there. Right. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll, it'll go very well, and I, I don't have a problem with that, and I think... Um, the juxtaposition of the two games, the rules, and the guy presenting it, I think that'll be a, a really popular little section of the, of, the, of the show. Yeah, yeah, very much so. But again, it, it comes back to that, um, the amount of effort that somebody like Mark puts into the, into that game, and I've seen the, um, the scenery that is built for it, mm -hmm. is just as valid as anything else that would be put on. Now, I, I was at a... Um, a small event yesterday called CrapCon. I say small event, it was bloody great. Uh, put on by the Plastic Crack podcast guys, uh, where Ken Riley was there with a huge Italian Wars game. There's a huge Wars of the you Roses game. <laughs> yes, Ken putting on a big game, I know. Well, Whatever Italian Wars as well, yeah. Okay, who would have yeah. thought that one? Well, it's. I mean, it was absolutely gorgeous. It really was. And yeah, these were sure all 28 mil. Yeah. Uh, on on big tables and they looked absolutely fantastic it was a real it was a real showcase in and in and of itself uh, for the hobby uh, you've got alex southern there with his doing some o group and there's a couple of big napoleonic games going on etc and they're 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 absolutely lovely but i think um the the uh, lack of recognition sometimes within the community to say these games that we're going to see at the Joy of Six are equally as valid and good and uh, aesthetic. have got all the aesthetics. Uh, I think that's what's missed, isn't it? And I, I'll probably be getting somebody's back up by saying that. But um, I don't think they're given the credit sometimes. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with you. Um, but it, it's... I. I I'm, I'm very more generous. It, it, it's not something I'd pump the table about. What I'd say it's because it's not what a large portion of the hobby is conditioned to appreciate as being the way that things are done. So things like the Joe Six, and hopefully from this video series I do, is basically an attempt to try and redress that balance. Is to explain that it's 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 actually part of the same hobby. I don't want to split us off from the main hobby. I never have to. We're part of the whole thing. But we have to explain. We do have to try harder. It, it, the analogy is our figures are small and we've got to shout louder. <laughs> I, uh... 
as a case in point, I'll, I'll speak about James Mitchell's game, the uh, the Jacobite size Culloden game, and the sudden Sudan death. Sorry, uh, I know it's a play on words. Uh, the Sudan death game. Now, uh, Jim will say he fights big battles on small tables, and that for me is a great um, sound piece to say this is one of the advantages of six mil because not everybody has got access to uh, a huge table at home or indeed access to a, a huge table at a club um, because the facilities just aren't there but the effort that I know that James puts into his games and how he presents them for me is equally as valid a recognition as any other game that's put on at any other show in fact better than some of the games that you will see at some shows now that's a subjective opinion i appreciate that what what's better what isn't as good but um i know james has got a, a passion for the hobby and puts a hell of a lot of effort into how he presents his own hobby and how he presents his figures and uh, the play of the game because it's a participation game so he encourages punters to come along and have a game and, and pick his figures up and play with them. Um, it's outside of the joy of six. How much recognition does that got? Now, I know James has taken uh, a couple of these games to other shows and they've always been very popular, but I've not seen a picture of Jacobite sized Culloden in a magazine. Now it may have, there may have been a picture of it in a magazine, but I can't remember it, but I know that some of the big games that we'll see at Partizan uh, will see pictures of that or big games that you'll see at Salute. That, when I say big games, I'm talking about 28 mil figures, not necessarily the size of the table. But I know that we'll see pictures of those at, uh, sorry, in, in one of the glossy magazines. Um, I, I think what I'm trying to say is that um, I, I just don't feel as though sometimes these the, the people that put on these fantastic games get the recognition that they deserve. Now, I'm not saying they do it for recognition. They do it for the love of the hobby and to spread the word. But um, uh, I just I, I feel as though the, the, there ought to be more light shone towards the likes of James Mitchell, who puts these games on. Well, I can't disagree with you, Sean. Not, not to talk with any of that. Uh, the problem is how you address it. Um, do you address it? Uh, and I see there's a negative way of addressing it, which is going, you're all rubbish because you don't like what we do. Yeah. Or and that's, we'd never say that, though, would we? No. Or know, a positive way of addressing it. Yeah. Well, I, I think a positive way of addressing it is to actually give a showcase, which is what we've done with Joy 6, and then to try and show how out best practice manifests itself in the games we produce and how, as you said, it, it, it's validity shouldn't be questioned. Our problem now is not the fact that we now present this wonderful, wonderful show, and, and it is. It's how we get the information about how good this show is and what we do out to the rest of the hobby. Uh, and, and what we, we have to avoid is say, just shoving ourselves into this little niche, saying, well, aren't we good? Looking at each other, and like you say, ending up in an echo chamber, we've got to bring the rest of the hobby now to what we do. And this isn't about me trying to bang up visitor numbers to Joe Six or anything like that. that. That's never been the way we've done this. It's to actually now take this wonderful platform that we have put together, that, that you out there have, have put together, and then use it as a launching pad 
to tell the rest of the world what it's like doing what we do. And if anybody's listening to this out there, hey, that's your job. Remember, all I do is hire the hall and get some tables in. Yeah, it's up to you lot now to 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 tell uh, everybody else just how good the show is and drag them along. Yeah. Okay, that's that's sorted. <laughs> I think so. Yes, I think I think the message is cl- is crystal clear there. Um, so we've got some great games. We've got some great traders coming. We've got the seminars. We've got the Q and A. Um, traditionally, on the Saturday before the show, you open up the doors to Bacchus Towers, don't you? Yes. Yeah. We 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 have workshop tours on the Saturday. They're always popular. Uh, it's it's in fact they're so popular some people come on them again and again and again <laughs> and as I make the same jokes every the same every single tour they they come sit and, and they very politely manage to at least a slight snigger um, yeah, on hearing the joke for the third time yeah. but yeah it's it, they're, they're fun people we give the chance to show you how we do what we do um, and it is an interesting process it is a fascinating process uh, and you get an insight. You, you you get to see behind the scenes, and I think most people like to see where their figures come from. You know, all you get is you get your little parcel turning up in the post, and your little grip top bags, and you've got names written on them. But this is how we do it. This is how we make them. And you may know what a casting machine is or a mold press, but to actually see the things, I think is is can be quite special. Uh, you get, you know, we'll, we'll show you. We we've refurbished and redesigned where we work quite extensively over the past few years uh, but nobody's had a chance to see it because of covid uh so yeah it's it's quite a good session it costs nothing I, you know it, it breaks my heart i don't charge for it at all <laughs> and, and, it's know. not even an honesty box on the way out is rebelling i'll tell you now yeah uh, i bet uh, but yeah, it's, we even give away free coffee and hobnobs, and I don't know. Hobnobs? Hobnobs, yeah. Uh, plain chocolate hobnobs. The, the only kind we're 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 Everything else is It beats rich tea fingers. Oh, good God, no. Do you think I'm an animal? <laughs> exactly, the belly, a biscuit, are they? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I've got a story about hobnobs later. You'll, you'll, you'll find out why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, so we run two sessions, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Uh, and we know some people will turn up to Joe of Six uh, and stay overnight on the Saturday night to come to the show. So, and again, more of that a bit further down the line, I hope. But it's, it's, it's just a great great thing. We, places are limited. I mean, we, we, we can take, I think, maybe 10 people at any one time because workshop isn't that big. And health and safety means, you know, we can't cram 40 in. We've got places still on the both the morning and the afternoon sessions. So if anybody wants to come along, get in touch. You know, email, phone, whatever, and just reserve a place. It doesn't cost you anything, and uh, you get a great little tour around what we do. And this year, we have an added draw to the, uh, to the whole workshop tour, which I think I'll throw back in your court, Sean. Uh, there is, yes, an added draw is, uh, and Peter's already alluded to it, that's Little Wars TV are heading over to these shores uh, specifically to visit the Joy of Six. Now, I'm, I'm not quite sure who's coming or, or how many are coming, but I, I know that hotels are booked, flights are booked, 
Um, and it's something they've wanted to do. I spoke to Greg and, and the other guys at, at Wars TV. They've wanted to come to the Joe 6 for some time. Um, obviously, pandemic has, has put a kibosh on that over the last couple of years, but they are making the trip this year. Um, and because, uh, so it'll be Sat- Saturday, 2nd of July is the tours, which is pretty close to Independence Day, 4th of July, or July 4th, as they would say, over the pond. I thought, what a great opportunity to settle something once and for all, as in the American Revolution or the American War of Independence. Let's settle the argument once and for all on the tabletop like grown men do. Any any argument can be settled on a war games table. So I've recruited two of the finest gamers that the UK has to offer in Ken Riley and Alex Sotheran from Storm of Steel to do battle against two members of Little Wars TV in a six mil game of American War of Independence, battle to be decided, possibly Guildford Courthouse, possibly Bemis Heights. Um, but Peter is very kindly offering the space at Bacchus HQ uh, with the table there. And we're going to uh, refight a battle from the American War of Independence Two British guys against two or three from Little Wars TV. Um, I think th- th- there might be some footage captured of it and, and maybe a quick strike action report uh, put up afterwards uh, with all the usual shenanigans. I'm sure it's going to be good fun, uh, whatever happens. Um, and anybody who's on the morning tour might be lucky enough to to uh, come and support one side or the other <laughs> and maybe throw a dice, not in anger. Uh, maybe able to roll the dice for us but uh, we've been talking about this uh, with Peter for some time uh, and he's graciously uh, given up a little bit of space I think you need to build a table aren't you Peter I have to say we actually haven't got a table to play on yet but you will have <laughs> by the time of the actual event yes uh, so well if if all else fails we can always play on the floor like we were 10 years old again although getting back up off the floor might be a problem yeah, I think we're a little too advanced in years for that now. Yes, most of us, certainly. Um, I'll be hopefully umpiring uh, on the day and, and being completely objective and impartial in any decisions that I give. Uh, but I'll, I'll be setting the scenario. So that promises to be lots of fun, probably two or three hours, I think, that'll take. Uh, probably kicking off uh, mid to late morning, probably just as the tour starts or just after the first tour starts. This tour starts at 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, yeah. So maybe maybe half an hour after, half past 10, something like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that promises to be good fun. I've been in regular touch with Greg to sort out the finer details, and we're, we're close to sort of finalising uh, the bits there. I'm pleased to announce that we've got a couple of sponsors for the game. So Mac at Geek Villain has agreed to provide um, one of his lovely gaming mats uh, for us to fight over. And also Les Hammond from Terrain Shed. Hi, Les. is uh, He's also promised to come on the show now, actually. He's been quite reluctant, but I've, I've, I've twisted his arm, and he will come on to talk about his lovely scenery that he produces, most notably the canopy-style forests and woods. So uh, I'm getting a few of those to throw down, particularly if it's Guildford Courthouse, because we'll need quite a few. Um, but I'm, I'm very pleased that they're, they're going to be sponsoring 
the game. Um, it's going to be all backers figures on the table, all painted by myself, but it promises to be lots of fun and anybody who comes along on the tour, uh, I'll be welcome to come and have a look and have a chat with the Little Wars guys and uh, and we'll, we'll see who wins this time round. Well, that all sounds great, you know, apart from the backhanded insult by the fact that my gaming mat's not going to be good enough, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Much personal attention from that, Sean. Well, listen, uh, it's, uh, you've left me speechless, Peter. I yeah, yeah, I've well, so you, so you should, yes. So uh, that that will be wonderful. I'm hoping to announce another sponsor, although I've yet to hear back from the company, uh, which hopefully will lead to a, a competition. Uh, to uh, receive the the uh, particular item that I've requested. Uh, so uh, more well, on that. Well, thinking, Sean, the answer is no from me. For anything. Any. <laughs> Listen, you're you're giving up the space, and you're going to build a table for goodness' sake. What more? What more could I ask? I don't know, but you do manage. <laughs> I suppose you could put us, be putting us in the car park or on the roof. You haven't actually. Well, you're getting coffee. <laughs> All free and hot chocolate hot knobs. Oh, wait, you said free, didn't you? Oh, right. <laughs> oh how lucky <laughs> you know me. But no, that, that promises to be lots of fun. Uh, I know the Little Wars guys are really keen to come over and. Uh, and take in all that the Joy of Six is, and also to roll some dice uh, with us in, in what I think is probably going to be quite a unique gaming experience with uh, two Brits against uh, a couple of uh, American cousins uh, to settle the issue once and for all, 200-odd um, years later. I think it's going to go very well, and I know they obviously are going to be planning to film that, so uh, yeah. uh, you'll end up in one of their wonderful videos. Um. I've got a face for radio, Peter, so that's why I do a podcast. Yeah, I've got a face for radio and a voice for mine. So, uh... <laughs> Listen, if I'm on it, you'll be on it as well. <laughs> oh, only in the background. Only in the background. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this all round. It's, uh, yeah. it's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be everybody getting back to, I'm not going to say normal, because we're in wargaming and there's nothing normal at all about that, but everybody getting back into the run of things. And I'm looking forward to workshop tours. I, I enjoy giving those tours immensely. I've, I've been on one of those, Peter, and I really enjoyed it. And you get a chance to see some of the stuff which hasn't been released yet. And again, people like that. Yeah, oh, we've, got, we've, we've seen this. We should have anybody else. So there's your chance. They don't have to sign NDAs, do they, before they leave? <laughs> yeah, we're not that precious. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, it's creeping up on us as well, actually, isn't it? I mean, where are we? Got more thing to add, Sean. Excuse me, excuse me. Listening to me, not you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we're here for you, not me. <laughs> uh, you can edit that bit out, I'm sure. Uh, as as. We've probably mentioned, uh, Lindy and I are getting married two weeks after the Joe Six, which is going to make that month quite busy for us. Uh, now, much as we'd love to invite all of our wargaming friends to the wedding, obviously we can't. Practicalities and relations, to be honest, filling the gaps means that's not going to happen. But on the Saturday night of the Joe Six, we're actually, we've had a, a room in a pub. When I say a room in a pub, it's actually uh, a terrace overlooking a river in... Uh, a pub which is in the middle of Sheffield's infamous Real Ale Valley uh, and putting food on 
which you're going to have to charge because we, we don't give things for free in Yorkshire. But we'd love to see people come along. It, it'll be a really nice night. If you like your beer, they do absolutely superb beer. It's in the north of England. So from those who are from the south, you don't have to pay £15 a pint. You know, it's reasonable, reasonable amounts of money. And if you want to come along, just drop me an email. It, you don't have to book. You can still turn up. I'm just trying to get an idea on numbers and what people would like. Uh, but you're all heartily welcome. I hope you're going to be coming, Sean. Um, my mother-in-law's 75th birthday party is that night. <laughs> and I, 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 as oh. much as I love you, Peter, my manhood needs to remain in place. <laughs> oh, you're wriggling like a worm on a hook. I am. I am. I am. It's a, it's a real disappointment. I was looking forward to I was going to be staying over the Saturday night, but I think I'm staying over the Friday night now. Um, well, all I can say is to anybody, now, now that Sean's taught himself out of this, there's no place free. So I was well exactly I was I was most disappointed that she decided to have uh, the, the party then but uh, it is for the peace and harmony of uh, on the domestic front uh, I'll need to leave uh, following the game uh, that we're, we're playing but I'm hoping to spend the night in Sheffield on the Friday with the Little Wars TV guys so uh, but that, that, that's great, Peter. That's a very generous offer to the listeners. Now, between now and then, um, I'd anticipate we'll get 700, 750 downloads. So if everybody comes that you've just invited, will you be able to cope? No, 90, I said. <laughs> okay. let, let's explain some basic maths. <laughs> oh, no, maths, no, maths was never a strong point. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great, though. Thanks very much. Uh, that's a really generous offer to open that yeah, up. We, 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 we'd love to see you. We, we, we've got so many friends in this hobby. So many people who know us. It's just we'd like we'd like to celebrate with you all. We can't. But this, this is just something. So if you're staying over on the Saturday night, you're in Sheffield. You know, uh, we'd, normally do a beer, we'd normally do a beer and curry night. This is going to be slightly different. There's going to be beer. That's going to say the same, but it won't be curry. Right. <laughs> that, that, that sounds wonderful. And I, I will genuinely... We won't be dancing. There'll be no trying to dance to Superman or doing a conger at the end of it. There'll just be friendly, friendly, friendly faces, few beers. We can talk war games all night. Just it's, it's you know, and it'll just be a really nice evening. Yeah. Well, I, I wish you all the best, and obviously for the uh, the pending marriage as well. That's. Uh... That's great news to uh, lift us up in these times of woe. Um, anything else you'd like to add, Peter, then, regarding uh, where Bacchus is at the minute or uh, the Joy of Six and what's coming? Uh, to be honest, um, how long have we been talking? Well, um, I, I thought we'd probably talk for about an hour. Right, OK. Um, and we're on one hour and 46. OK. If we haven't covered it now, it probably isn't worth covering. This will go in the bloopers. <laughs> Even I try to sound in my own voice, I'll tell you now. As ever, mate, it's been uh, great to catch up with you. Um, I look forward to the next time we catch up on the podcast, but uh, we'll most likely see each other in person on the uh, on the Saturday, uh, yeah. the, the game, and then the big show on the Sunday, which, uh, as I've said, is, is coming up faster than a speeding train. I can't believe how quickly things have 
uh, how quickly time's passed from cool. us first talking about it to uh, where we are now. I suppose I better do some organising. Uh, I'll leave it to Lindy. She's good at that. Stick to what you know, Peter. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just say we'd like to get this done, and, and Lindy will do it. She's good luck. Yeah, 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 she'll wave that magic wand. But yeah. Peter, uh, great to talk to you as always, and uh, I'll catch up with you very soon. Thank you. Okay. Good night. Lightning in the sky, but far all things here.